Hi. Love, talk, Is everybody radio. on? Hi, Hello. Hi, Bob. I'm here. Okay, yeah. Dan. Hi, so sorry about that. We were doing this by the flying by the seat of our pants. So we're going to do a very quick intro. Dan, thanks so much for joining us. Hello? I, I don't hear Dan. Hold on. Oh. Dan, are you there? Hold on. You, yeah, do you hear me? I can hear you, How you doing? Okay. Oh, good. You good. and Bob, you and Bob sound alike. Uh, Dan, thanks for your patience. We're we're doing this as a quick uh, tape. So, uh, Dan, okay. bear with us. We're going to do a very quick intro, and then we're going to go right into what we talk we want to talk about. And I pulled off uh, the recent story from the AP today about the recent uh, homicides in Baltimore, and that's what I want to talk to you about. And I know we've only got. Tell me how many minutes you have. Uh, we got about uh, fifteen. Does that work? I'm. Uh, I just got. I moved the other one back about five minutes. So I was. You're you know, a they doll. Fifteen the commercial minutes. Break, so. Thank. Thank you, Dan. Yeah, okay. You let's, okay. Let's roll. Okay. Um. Again, I'm. A, I'm just going to go in with a real quick intro, Bob. And here we go. <clears throat> just let me take a breath for a second, if you guys don't mind. Good afternoon, Los Angeles. I am your Northern California connection, Maureen Enner. Good afternoon, San Francisco. I am Bob, your Southern California connection. And together we are your California connection. Uh, thank you for joining us today on our famous, becoming very famous California connection on LA Talk Radio. We are, uh, we usually have a lot of fun on our show, but today we're going to be talking about the siege that is happening on our cities. Um, we have with us a former NYPD officer, a former Secret Service officer, agent to Clinton, Bush, and Obama. He ran for the U.S. Senate in 2012 and made a run for Congress. He has written a book, uh, Life, uh, I think, Life in Outside the Bubble. Uh, you have to correct me on that. But anyways, we have Dan Bonino. Inside, that's all right. <laughs> Life inside, inside the, bubble. the Bubble. I'm so sorry. Uh, no, Dan, no problem. And, Dan, you are also a um, – Maryland resident, and let me just let me just start very quickly. I pulled this story off the AP this morning. Thirty-one-year-old um, woman and young boy shot in the head Thursday, becoming Baltimore's thirty-seventh and thirty-eighth homicide victims so far this month. There are still three days left in the month of May, and meanwhile, arrests have plummeted fifty uh, percent. Dan, former NYPD officer, former um, Secret Service agent, tell me what are we going to do about this? Yeah, it's uh, really a tragedy what's going on. And former Maryland resident, I should have updated you guys. That's on me. I'm, uh, I actually moved to Florida just recently, so my fault, not yours. But I'm still very familiar, obviously, with the area, uh, having spent 14 years there. Listen, this, this is a human tragedy right now of epic proportions. I mean, the people of Baltimore City, and, and, and it goes without saying that the overwhelming majority of the people up there, because I spent a lot of time up there, are amazing, incredible people. They're entitled as taxpayers, as citizens of the United States, to a quality of life and this, the same constitutional protections every other citizen would have. And right now they don't have it. You speak, you talk, some drug dealer gets their mitts on you. It is an absolute epic human tragedy. The cops right now don't know what to do. Any discretionary police action whatsoever, uh, anything like you know urinating in public, drinking in public, the cops are hand, hands off because they're afraid they're just not going to be backed up. And they're just at this point, they think they're acting rationally because they have kids to feed too. It's really a disaster. And it's a shame that 
real, I mean, real lives have been taken because of it. they lost nine people this weekend. Incredible. Yeah, absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, you know, um, Dan, how how heart how heartbreaking must must it be <clears throat> to see your your fellow your fellow cops, um, you know, in the position that they were that they have been in, especially in New York City, with a couple of cops were were shot just you know needlessly uh, the way they were. I mean, it, it just has to be horrifying for you. Well, these are intelligent men and women. I mean, to be a police officer, you need to have good street sense. You need to have a good background, decent education. You know, they know what's going on. They're not stupid. You're watching. Your listeners, they always understand it. You're watching it live time, not just a war on cops. You're watching a war on law and order. And it's being, this war is being waged by this radical component of the far left that sadly and tragically has hijacked the formerly great party of John F. Kennedy um, and Truman. You know, we could have had policy disagreements, but no one questioned the basic fundamental tenets of what made the United States great. We have this, 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 this organized far left that is manipulating people and hijacking the party, and they're waging war on law and order, which the cops represent, because they manipulate chaos. You both, I'm sure, remember Rahm Emanuel. Never let a crisis go to yep. waste. I mean, that is the democratic, it's, the, it's the, the dissolution of all standards because their ends are always going to justify their means, and anything that represents the old system has to be swept away, and the cops are the front line of that, and that's why this is happening, and the people in Baltimore are the ones suffering. Right, and not only Baltimore, every major city in the United States. Now, let's get back to the democratically run state, uh, cities, states as well. 50 yep. years of Democratic uh, leadership in most of these cities that are imploding. Yeah. What and are and gonna, I'm glad you bring people, this up. Yeah, when are they going to yeah, wake up? Yeah, when are people right? going to wake up question, about this? Right? Well, it, I'm, I'm pretty convinced it's going to happen. And, I, and I'll tell you what, but we've got to be really careful here. Um, and I do this, believe me, I do this too. I'm totally with you because the Democrats are overwhelmingly the party of bigger, you know, Badder government. I don't mean badder in the streets. As I mean badder, like qualitatively bad. The Democrats have become that party. They've hijacked, you know, the former JFK party. What can you know? Ask not what your country can do for you. That's all gone now. It's ask what your government can do for you. Now, but here's the problem. As you as you guys both know, um, the Republican Party has not been great on this either. You know, we've been part and parcel to the ex- explosive growth in government. As well, now granted, not nearly to the degree as Democrats in big cities, but if we're going to be principal conservatives and libertarians and good Republicans, you know, like like you guys, you have a voice here, then we have to be careful not to get too into this debate because when you look at the there was a Wall Street Journal piece by William McGurn, which was fascinating. It compared Martin County, Kentucky, which is overwhelmingly Republican and white, with Baltimore City, which is overwhelmingly Democrat and largely minority, and you know what? They have the exact same problems. And you know why they have those problems? Mm. Because big government has spent absurd amounts of taxpayer money disconnecting people from the results of their own efforts and their own lives. They've taken care of the work requirements. They've taken care of their health care. They've taken care of their housing. They've taken care of their phones. And listen, Republicans have been part and parcel of this too. Sorry about the background. But we've been part and parcel of this too. And when you disconnect people from the results of their efforts, this is what happens. Well, well that's, that leads to my next question, Dan. I, 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 re- I read some reports that said that uh, while the Democrats have been in power in the you know, Baltimore area for some 40-plus years, they've spent tons and tons of money that wasted has gone nowhere. 
is how do you how do you how do you fix that? You know, it's obviously very broken, but how do we fix it? Well, I was up at a town hall in Baltimore put on by the local Fox affiliate, and they really had an interest, the affiliate that is, uh, with getting to some answers. It was a maybe three-hour event, and they invited the community in. I'll tell you, there was a lot of frustration there. I mean, no, believe me, just because you were a Democrat didn't mean you were getting a pass. They knew who I was. They knew I was a conservative, and I, I, I was treated extremely well got a couple standing ovations, and I think people in these uh, neighborhoods are starting to realize that not every answer has a solution in a government program. You know, there was a guy right. at the end of the panel. He was seemingly, you know, vaccinated and inoculated to facts. Every time you bring up the failure of a government program, he would retitle it and say, well, we need to do this. Like, we don't need to do public schools. We need to do schools with taxpayer money. Well, it's just, I mean, it was, that's, it was to the point of absurdity. And that's the thing. We have to stop disconnecting people from the results of their own efforts. And we have to realize that Republicans have to make the case that there is nothing benevolent about this big government approach. It divorces people from the opportunity at a better life. There is nothing philanthropic about that. You are destroying lives. It, one, one, point, one final point on this. This is really important. There's a big difference between not helping and actively hurting. If one of you falls and trips and I don't help you up, there's a level of depravity in that. But if you fall in front of me and you get up and I punch you in the face, there's a whole different level of depravity in that. That's the difference between not helping, which is what the Democrats, you know, they think they're doing. They think, oh, the program just didn't help. No, that's not what it did. It actively punched these people in the face. And there's a big difference. And Republicans have to start making that case that they're the party that's going to stop this. Yeah, I I watched uh, an episode, uh, a segment last night on Fox, and they were talking about this on Hannity, and and, uh, one of the commentators was saying that the Democrats have basically just corralled the last 50 years these minorities into these cities, their programs, and nothing has changed. It has just gotten worse. And I think it's $15 trillion or $22 trillion, I've heard two different numbers, that have been spent since the 60s, since the uh, LBJ brought in, you know, the... the um, Great, great the, uh, society. Right, exactly. And nothing, I mean, look, I would give anything to go back and live 50 years ago. I mean, a lot of good things have come, but the, look at these neighborhoods. Look at, look at what is happening. And, Dan, since I last interviewed you uh, in 2012 when you were running for the Senate, and I just admired you so much, and, and I really consider you, a, you. A, a friend, and, and I follow you all of the time, I have – recently married a police officer, a 19-year veteran of the Oakland uh, Police Department. So uh, you can better believe I've got now a whole other agenda of, you know, taking care of our of what he has to do every day and go into, you know, Oakland, which is a notorious city as well. So, you know, it's kind of like how, how do you get these people off of the, I don't want to be, you know, off of the, I know what you say. How do you disconnect them from the idea that the government is the solution to their problems? I mean, that's exactly. really what we're asking. I mean, because that's what, there's one common thread in high crime, economically suffering, terrible health care areas. There's one common thread everywhere. A huge, bloated, inefficient, terribly operating government. You know, I don't have any easy answers here, and there aren't any. There aren't any easy answers. This is going to be a long, drawn-out, marathon 
of easy, simple, what I call Wheaties box messaging over time that's gradually going to sink in. Listen, the destruction of America's great cities didn't happen overnight. And I know you're not asking me this, but I talk to a lot of Republicans when they ask me about my congressional race in a blue state, you know, we almost, we almost pulled off the upset of the cycle. And they'll say to me, well, how'd you do it? And uh-huh. I said, the Wheaties box, everything was simple messaging. Unless people had follow-up questions. We did our homework. We, under, you know, we, we had policy positions on marginal tax rates, capital gains, and, and investment productivity enhancements. But when people ask me about why I believe in lower taxes, I would give simple answers. Because you can spend your money better than the government. It's quite simple. Why would you not want to do that? Where else do you have government buy you bread, right? I mean, if you have a choice right. and you're in the supermarket, even if you're using someone else's money, you don't want anyone else picking for you. And this is what we have to do, this simple messaging over time. And eventually, we're going to turn it around. And, and here's a, a thought on this, too. It, even if it doesn't turn around, ever, because I had a few people tell me, you know, during the campaign, oh, I'm done. It's over. Obama ruined everything. Listen, here's the deal. There's no done. Shut up. There's no done, okay? You were not put here to get easy political victories, to win all the time. There's no done. There is only the fight. That's all that matters. The fight is all that matters. Mm. When you go to the grave and you're standing in front of the Almighty, you think he's tallying up your electoral wins? He couldn't care any less. I don't pretend to speak for him, but I I, I have a hard time believing that's what matters. What matters is what the heck we're willing to fight for. You know, do you really believe that these policies that these liberals are instituting are destroying and decimating the lives of all of us, all children of God? If you believe that, then you are a fool not to fight back. I don't care if they're absolutely unwinnable electoral victories, and that's what everybody has to remember. Why I absolutely love you, and I mean that in the sense of what you stand for. Dan, I seriously, I I saw you years ago on Fox. I contacted you. You came on my show. Your message is just, and I remember you telling me when we talked about the politics in California and Bob, this is why Bob and I did this show, California Connection, Northern California, Southern California, you know the craziness out here. But I remember you telling me, Dan, in my last interview with you, don't give up. Don't leave your state. You love your state. You fight for it. And you're right. Yeah. Yeah, there's no done. I mean, even now, people are like, oh, you know, I, I moved to Florida. Like, oh, you don't Maryland? I go, no, I'm endorsing like three, four guys. I already have my pack working on Maryland's sixth congressional district where I ran. You can't give up. The fight is all that matters. You, the one common thread to every one of the world's great religions is sacrifice. Everyone, it's always the same. And that sacrifice is always going to be sacrificing your efforts, the physical toil, the mental anguish for the benefit of others. That's what you're here to do. You're here to fight, and you should relish the fact that you're in California because when you win, like we did, by the way, in Maryland when we won the governorship, the victory tastes so much sweeter. So don't give up. You all, you know, Just get out there and work harder, and eventually over time you'll start to break them down because they're selling you a golden calf. It's all false gods in the door. Bob, hey Dan, you know what? When, when when Maureen when when Maureen told me we were going to have you on the show, she said you, you watch, watch, listen to his passion, listen to his energy, and listen to his focus, and and uh, not disappointed at all. She she oh, uh, understated <laughs> everything. I'm telling you right now, yeah, I just love uh, love right. the, love the energy and passion that you bring. Well, right, Bob, matters. and that's why. Yeah, and and that is why Bob, you and I are so gifted. I consider it a gift, Dan, that we have this opportunity to have this show on L.A. Talk Radio to have a voice and to have people like you come on and, and, and you give us your valuable time because you believe in us and you believe in the message. 
and and even if it starts with a small little radio station and we work our way up, we are still getting the message. We've got to keep getting the message. Listen, I started hosting uh, radio on a weekend show in D.C. that probably had a couple thousand listeners at best. You know, I, I fill in now for Mark Levin and Hannity and have my own weekend show on a big network in, in D.C. And I'll tell you right now, you have the power to change lives because you never know who's listening. And you never know. Mm. I mean, for me, it was Thomas Sowell. Thomas Sowell, it was the words, you know, in that book that were so powerful, Vision of the Anointed, that changed everything for me. You don't know what's going to happen. Someone may mistakenly hit play one day on your show. You have no idea. And they say, wow, like, this is really, I'm getting it now. Like, you may pull the curtain back and they may finally see the wizard. So I'm glad you understand that. There's a powerful medium. There's nothing more intimate than the human voice. So good for you. Good for you. And 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 can you just tell us why you moved to Maryland? I mean, you moved to Florida. Political? Well, what do you have going on? No, it was a my mother. My wife is not uh, well. I don't want to be overly melodramatic. I hate when politicians do that. They try to garner a sympathy vote, but she's not in the best of health. And uh, my brother, everybody oh. left Maryland. My brother and everyone else, and my mother-in-law lives in Florida. So the long and short of it is. It was one of those scenarios where happy wife, happy life. You know, my family comes first. And my wife said, you know, I've sacrificed for you for four years, which she's actually done a lot longer. She was talking about the political run. She said, now it's your turn to, you know, do this for me. I need to be near my mother. So that was really it. But, you know, listen, I I still love Maryland. This is not not one of these guys who's, you know, jumping ship. Oh, Maryland stinks. They didn't didn't elect. No, Maryland's a a great place. They're really good people. I'm not done with it. And, uh, you know, I may – I may keep a, a place up there uh, as well. That would be a lot smaller, but uh, I really enjoy it. And I enjoy, I enjoy New York, too. I was born in New York. It's yeah. a great place. But that's where we got to start yeah. winning back. And good for you in California. Just keep fighting the fight over there, please. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. We're, yeah, we absolutely are. Well, Dan, we know you have very limited time. And um, if you have any last-minute things you'd like to say, take it away. Give us a, give oh, us one big oh, last cheerlead. Yeah. Oh, I really appreciate it. You know, I'm out on uh, Twitter at Bongino. If you want to, any of your audience wants to tweet to me or uh, I, I tweet back, I, I like the Jackie Chan of Twitter. I do all my own stunts. So uh, I read just about everything. Sometimes I ignore the bad stuff, but I still read it. So even if you have a criticism, I'd be happy to hear it. Well, you, I consider you a friend. You uh, you just are a, a wonderful person. I, I follow you on Facebook. I follow you on Twitter. Um, you do have a website, Dan Bongino. Is it danbongino.com? Uh, bongino.com, just my last name. Bongino.com. So we will, of yeah. course, have all of that on our website at californiaconnection.net. And I hope that you will uh, promote us a little bit on your site, too. When we go live with the show, we will send you the link over, and we'd love for you to yeah, uh, give us a little absolutely. bit of a, of a, sh- of a shout-out. And, and please, we hope that you will come back and uh, be a friend of our show. Bob, what do you think? You got it. <laughs> absolutely, Dan. It's really been a pleasure to talk with you today, and, and we hope you're able to come back. Hey, thanks a lot. I'll chat with you all soon. Take care. Thanks for the opportunity. All right. You guys have a, you have a, have a great evening, Dan, and keep the fight. Thank you very much.